Yeah. All right, we're rolling. Hey, Amal. So, Ryan, this is uh, an installment in my new podcast. So far, I had Amy Cuddy, Kevin Ryan from Mongo, a couple of other stars and other, but I haven't had someone quite as great as you, <laughs> someone who I've traveled with over the last several years and who I'm so eager to hear the story from. So, the podcast is called In the Know. Okay. It's kind of a play on no tell. Yep. And uh, it's about, uh, well, I mean, it's just about all the great founders and people I get to work with. And one of the best things about this business, actually, here you are paying a visit on a little victory lap of New York, visiting all your old pals you haven't seen in a while. Yeah. And so you, my guest, Ryan and Specky, when I got involved, 2012, I think you're the second check I wrote into my series of angel investments over the last few years, Social Bicycles, we used yeah. to call it. And for some reason, you wanted to call it Sobe all the time because yep. that was like a cool contraction. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, founded 2010. So two years before we even met. Yeah. And two, you hadn't raised any money. We, I, the first outside, the first money into the company, my my parents mortgaged their house to put like 100, 150 thousand into the company. Unbelievable. And, and then my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, was my girlfriend at the time, put. You know, a hundred to two hundred thousand into it in those early years too. That might have been a trying part of the relationship. <laughs> no, she was pretty good about it. It worked out too, so it, <laughs> it helps. Yeah, that's unbelievable. So, two thousand twelve, social bicycles, and the concept was something that the world just obviously was going to have. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was obvious. It, it's obvious now. I don't think it was, it was obvious, obvious to me. I mean, yeah. I was like a mobile phone person, and you're yeah. like, hey, we're going to like blend a mobile phone with a bike, and you're going to be able to get a bike anytime. Yeah. Yeah, I think the challenge in those early years is that the, uh, the, the idea of a bicycle as a legitimate form of transportation wasn't there. Mm. Um, and, and Uber started solving you know, the same problem, which is urban transportation, but focused on a car. Um, and, and it just immediately everybody understood, oh yeah, great, I push a button, I get a car. Well, we had I push a button, I get a bike. But, um, it's like push a button and get a hot air balloon or something. Yeah, it was, like a, it was a weird foreign thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. And you were also competing against, I think, the early days of the rollout of all these like city network things. Yeah. Yeah. We. I mean, I, I had the idea for this all the way back in 2008, fall 2008. And I, that's when I saw the Vileeb system in Paris, which is a dock-based system. And, you know, it was wired together. I had a kiosk with telecommunications. You do the credit card processing on the, on the kiosk. And that would control all the docking points. So mm -hmm. I had the idea back in 2008. I said, okay, the iPhone had only been out for about a year, but it was like clear something was happening there. The, you could put connectivity onto devices. The Internet of Things was just kind of stirring. It's like those find your dog collars and stuff. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that had even rolled out yet. It was just becoming viable that you could put um, cell connectivity onto, onto that. And, and so it was clearly you had these, these trends that were going to allow, these enabling technologies that were going to allow it. Um, and so I, I said, okay, let's take the technology out of the docking point, put it on the bicycle. Um, incorporated 2010, fall of that year, had a, had a proof of concept. Like had my initial prototype, I hit a button, you know, sent a cell signal down, uh, down to the bike, unlocked it. Then I'm like, okay, great, you know, next summer we'll have thousands of bikes <laughs> in every major city, we're off to the races. Uh, and then I learned just how hard hardware is, how hard, you know, I, I, I built a business that was selling bicycles to government. Uh, go figure that that wasn't a sexy VC business. You never, you, no one would ever recommend that you do that. 
I don't know. I don't know why I got involved. It was a horrible idea. But, but actually, like the same month or two, yeah. I made another small investment, and I think I made a fairly small investment in your company. I made another small investment in a different company, electric bicycle company, Faraday. Mm -hmm. Like ten thousand dollar bicycle. Yeah. I, I didn't even buy one. I just invested in the company. It was yeah. too expensive for me. Yeah. And I thought, oh yeah, okay. So Ryan's thing is totally the future. Electric bikes are also the future. I didn't actually merge the two as a concept because I yeah. thought the cost thing was too different. Yeah. But if you fast forward a little bit, the days of social bicycles, you're yeah. out there hustling, you're putting bicycle networks in small cities, perhaps places that like maybe couldn't do what New York was doing on a big, expensive platform scale. Yeah. And it's like 2012, it's 13, it's 14. You're on, you're on like a razor's edge every six months. Yeah. You know, you're like a mall. Oh my God, what do we do? How do we get out of this pickle yeah. we're in? Then it's 14, 15, 2016 even? 16 was, was a turnaround year. Like it was a year that all the things were coming together. So we landed our biggest project, which was Portland, Oregon, uh, with a sponsorship with Nike. We were partnered with Motivate, who is the biggest uh, bike share operator at the time. Uh, our business model at the time is we were selling the bikes to, to cities. Uh, and then, you know, working with third-party operators. Mm -hmm. So it was a kind of a platform business, equipment sales and SaaS. And I remember that the mood you were in that you're like, holy crap, we found our stride. We're selling to governments. We're the yeah. vendor of choice. We're always in the top two or three. Yeah, and we were winning, like we were winning most of the bids. on each deal. This yeah. is amazing. So we hit, we hit 10 million in revenue that year. We hit profitability, break-even basically. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was that year, that the same time that the entire business model was coming together, that the entire business model was about to fall apart. So because of something new. Because of something. So basically, starting in spring of 2016, uh, Mobike uh, launched in China, in Shanghai. Hmm. Uh, it's a Chinese bike share company. Um, put a, a wireless lock onto a regular bike, uh, a pedal bike. Put it on the streets of Shanghai, and uh, you know, first put a thousand, then put ten thousand. Um, I had a chance to see it, you know, a few weeks after it launched. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But I'd seen at that point dozens of failed bike share startups. I'm like, oh, that'll that'll probably go away. But went from ten thousand to a hundred thousand in Shanghai. And even in that first phase, you were probably thinking, wow, that's a lot. But that's China. People are pumping money into this crazy thing. Yeah, I was I was watching it, and then the big question was when it when was it going to trickle over to global markets? Mm -hmm. uh, and so, so I the, think we met around this time, actually. I remember in like late 2016, we got together, we went through the company pitch deck and you're going to like, we're going to do our next finance and we're going to market. Let me show you some stuff. And somehow weirdly, suddenly in the deck, there was all this stuff about users getting their own bikes, not governments buying from you. That was starting to be yeah, so we, take a ride. And I'm like, dude, this sounds nuts to me. Why do you believe in this? <laughs> so we had to go to direct to consumer, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, China China had scaled up with a bunch uh, bunch of capital. In the end, uh, both of those companies, Mobike and their competitor Ofo, raised about two billion dollars. I've seen Ofo in the states. I don't I haven't seen Mobike. I don't yeah, know. O Mobike did a few cities. Ofo entered the states, but have now pulled out. They look like they're actually may go go bankrupt. They blew through one point eight billion dollars. What? Yeah. I mean, I've seen the photos of those huge mountains of bicycles. Yeah. Is that well, go figure. If you don't figure out your business model, you scale a bunch of bikes before you know you know what the business model is. It might not work out. Yeah. So, so they're 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 having hard times now. Um, but in you know again, 2016, this was ramping up, and it was clear that you know if if there's a privatized model, mm -hmm. 
the idea of cities subsidized bike share, and that was really in large part what we were doing, is sponsor subsidized and city subsidized, it was going to fall apart. And the idea of being an equipment supplier in that, in that industry is going to fall apart. So we actually had a, a huge slap in the face in March 2017. That, that was really helpful. So starting in early 2017, a company called Blue Gogo tried to launch in San Francisco. It was a third player in China. They, they were gonna drop some, some bikes in San Francisco and you know, the city got all freaked out. They made it illegal to drop dockless bikes in San Francisco unless you had a permit. And so that, that created the framework for, for a kind of permitted process. It was, it was not really necessarily meant to enable it, but it created a, a, a process by which you could launch. So the table is set at this moment. The table had been set and that was, again, in spring of 2017. And then at the same time, we had two projects, one in uh, Sacramento and one in, uh, in the South Peninsula in, in, the, in the Bay Area. Like San Jose. Uh, yeah, Palo Alto. Okay. I mean, it was, it was a, there was public meetings around this. So we, we had got contracts kind of to the finish line. The San Sacramento one had been in development for several years. The Palo Alto one, also several years of conversations. Um, you know, it represented about uh, $4 million and 25% of our projected annual revenue. Wow. And both contracts disappeared the funding for both of those projects disappeared within a two-week period. Because of the controversy in San Francisco? No, because of private sector companies saying, We're, we'll give you bike share free, why would you ever pay for bike share? We'll give you a free system. So, you know, Lime, Lime uh, and, and Blue Gogo and all these other players were out there saying, why would you pay for bike share? Okay, so it's March 2017 roughly. Yep. I want to insert something because now I want to listen to your five moves. Yeah. Before we started, you were like, hey, there were five moves. I yep. suspect these five moves start that's around it, March. It's, that's it. <laughs> the theme of my In the Know podcast, and you're wondering why on earth am I asking you to be on this thing? Yeah. <laughs> it isn't just to hear your story. This podcast, I'd like to make it the most powerful and most impactful podcast in the world. Okay. Sounds like an outrageous ambition. <laughs> Might as well aim for, for something <laughs> big. And, you know, I'm just at the early end of it. But uh, I guess I need a strategy for, for having that kind of outcome. You wanted to put like a million bicycles in all the streets of all the cities of the world and have people reducing carbon use and all this. So yeah. that was your audacious vision and you're now confronted. I have some competition in my little podcast market. You know? <laughs> I have some people I need to overtake. <laughs> so now your table is set. The entire early thesis of your business, you had struggled to get somewhere. Suddenly it's starting to work. And then in March... 2017, it, you see that it's disappeared. You're not going to win another deal. Like the biggest deals you want to win, they've disappeared. Yeah. And apparently, in just the 18 months since that moment, some stuff has happened. Yeah, so remember, we're coming off of our best year. We're coming off of 2016, where we had 10 million profitability. We, you know, looked like we had figured it out. So to make massive pivots in that context is very hard. That's, that's what ends up killing a lot of companies is not being able to make those type of big moves in those, mm -hmm. in, those, in those situations. But we were thinking forward 12, 24 months and it was clear the landscape had changed. So we'll do the five moves. Um, <coughs> so first, we had been working toward vertical integration for a while. So we talked about that. We were selling the bikes and charging software as a service. We moved to an, a model of owning and operating the fleet. So we own the city relationship, we own the consumer relationship. That's one. Two, we rebranded the company. Was it Social Bicycles? Was it Sobe? Was it Social Bike? Was it Social Bikes? It was like that. <laughs> and, and it sounded kind of like a, a communist plot, not a real company, yeah. Social Bicycles. 
So we rebranded from Social Bicycles to Jump. Um, I'd had that name in the back of my head for a couple years. It really fit with a lot of things we're doing. Went through an intense branding exercise with a, with a few people. And, it's an awesome name, Jump. Yeah, really, really worked. Um, so we did that. Uh, three, electric bikes. We'd been working on it for a couple of years at that point in R&D. Um, and, and finally, like, had something that was MVP ready. So we, and, and honestly, we set the bar probably higher than what it needed to be. Um, because we were coming out of the mis municipal world where you know, it had to be a very industrial grade product. Mm -hmm. So we finally, summer of 2017, we rushed you know, and got out our first 100 uh, bikes into San Francisco, launched in private beta, landed an e-bike product. Four, around the same time, starting in May, um, when we started having our first few e-bikes in market, we started a conversation with Uber and we ended up signing a commercial partnership with Uber. In, in July, we, we signed a, a letter of intent um, and, and started working with Uber. That is wild, yeah. I mean, giving up uh, a lot of the control over your experience to this partner, this giant. Yeah, and I, of course, huge amount of demand was come out of them. Yeah, well, what, frankly, what drove it was actually venture capital. So we're in this whole time, I'm out pitching, and you know, I have eight years of credibility in the space. Like from the industry's perspective, what, what was the previous industry? We had the best product. We we were the innovators, but you know, I VC saying, well. Well, what about what about Line? They, you know, they, they and like I'm like Line. They started like three months ago. Who are these guys? You know, uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah. or what about what about China? Is China? How are you going to beat China? Like we got all these things, and so there was a lot of pressure that oh, you need a distribution channel. So that that's kind of what opened that door, um, and and ended up working out. And we'll kind of conclude with 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 that part. But that's the first four. That's the first four, and then the last one is like we'd never been able to raise money. You remember them all? Like yeah. uh, never could raise money. We'd up to that point raised seven million. We never had more than All bits four. And pieces. Yeah, we never had more than four, maybe six months of runway the entire time. It's like it's like being waterboarded for six years. The business equivalent of being waterboarded, just there. never never coming up for air. Um, and so, so finally we were able to close around. And it, you know, it was it was it was not the type of very frothy rounds in the space that are happening now. But it was able to raise at least ten million dollars from a good VC, Mellow Ventures. It's a great partner. Um, and so we raised that round and, and so that gave us enough money to at least do something real, like enter the San Francisco market in real way. So all the pieces came together. I had the product, I had it all, I had the story, but I couldn't really raise because I didn't have the data. I didn't have the proof point that consumers are going to love this, right? Mm -hmm. We launch in January in San Francisco and it just takes off like complete hockey stick. And, and first three trips per bike per day, then five, then seven, then eight. You know, now we're consistently eight, sometimes 10 trips per bike our, per our day. Our team in San Francisco is riding dozens of times a day, yeah. spending like 50 or $100 each per week. We'll have to work out a plan. Yeah, it replaces everything. You don't need transit, you don't need anything. Yeah, it's, These it's, guys it's, stopped driving to work. They changed the way they move around the city. Yeah. Like the city is different. It created an incredible buzz. People got excited about it on, on social. Everybody tell their friends at cocktail parties. It was like a thing. Mm. Um, so went from the kind of forgotten ugly child to this this like hottest Outsider thing in tech in San Francisco. The Out, bell of the ball. Yeah. Exactly. And and um, it's incredibly gutsy moves. The whole list is insanity. <laughs> All within I mean, you change the name, you change the, the, the you, you you buy the bikes instead yeah. I mean you you go to consumers instead of like everything. Change the entire business. Yeah. Unbelievable. And pulled it off and then so what it resulted in is we had some very, very attractive uh, uh, venture uh, uh, VC offers for a very big round, mm -hmm. like people that I would 
just be amazing to have a chance to work with at some point in my life. Um, and we had M&A interest, several different pieces of M&A interest. Obviously, Uber is the direction we end up choosing. And well, listeners here don't know that Uber bought your company for $200 million <laughs> or something a few months ago. Uh, I can't confirm the amount, but <laughs> a, a large, a large insane, amount of money. Insane, yeah. Insane. <laughs> so, so yeah, we ended up being acquired by Uber. The deal closed in mid-May. It was a wild, wild month, a few months between February and, and May. And also, by the way, the four to six months runway, that applied in early 2018 too. We spent that $10 million almost immediately. <laughs> Our VCs were like, how the hell did you spend like almost $10 million in electric bikes? They cost a little more than the old bikes. Yeah. yeah, but we did it and like, we had to do it. Like we did not launch. So, uh, so we, you know, we, Dude, we had- so that's the story. That's, that's it. That's the story. That's the story. All right. <laughs> All right, Ma. <laughs> I'm very happy to have been one of the uh, one of the people along the way. You're a big one. Yeah, the riding the razor's edge. If we ever write a book, that'll be it. And you co you coined riding that one for us. The razor's edge. <laughs>